Hey everybody, this is your host Sean King with my Youth On Record. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you stories, observations, and interviews from community artists who, like you, are experiencing the unprecedented, the mundane, the absurd, and the interrupted daily life in a world that changed nearly overnight. My name is Juice Box of Paradise, and I'm your co-host for My Youth on Record Interrupted, a podcast where we explore how artists' personal, professional, and creative lives are transforming in the time of coronavirus. Hey everyone, this is Sean King. Today our guest is Mona Lucero. Mona is a critically acclaimed fashion designer and mainstay in the Denver fashion scene. She has built a reputation as a dynamic and ever-evolving artist and is continuing to demonstrate her ability to adapt, utilizing her talents to respond to the current public health crisis. In her story, Mona shares how she spends her days in a time of social distancing. Hi, I thought I'd share what I've been doing while self-isolating and staying sane during these crazy times. While cutting and sewing masks, working on my business, keeping up with my part-time job, and creating new designs for when I open my boutique again, I've been FaceTiming with friends, posting on Facebook, reading people's posts on Facebook, posting on Instagram, and reading people's posts on Instagram. A friend passed away during this time, and I've had to virtually say my condolences online. I've been emailing, texting with friends and family, talking on the phone a lot, and connecting on Instant Messenger. I've been participating in Zoom conferences, started Zoom parties, listened to DJs on Twitch, watched Facebook Live, and went on Facebook Live. On YouTube, I've been listening to David Pakman, watching strange press conferences, and inspirational fashion shows. I've been reading the New York Times, Washington Post, and other trusted sources, and trying to keep up with popular opinion online. I've been doing guided meditations on Budify, reading Dorothy Parker, watching my favorite comedians on Netflix, and right now looking at a new book in front of me to see if I might crack it open. And that's what I've been doing at home while self-isolating and staying sane during these crazy times. Thank you. Hi, Mona. Hi, how are you, Sean? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for asking me. Uh, so you met my co-host here, Jordan, a.k.a. Juicebox. Hello. Nice to meet Hi. you. Nice to meet you. So you had mentioned in your recording was just the amount of connection, just like from Twitch to, to you starting to do Facebook Live. And if you were to like put a percentage on it, you know, BCV before coronavirus, how much were you doing then and now? Uh, I think it's probably gone up, gosh, probably 500%, I would think. You know, I mean, I've been, I've done some Facebook Live before. <clears throat> I mean, I'm on the phone a lot with friends. That's one way, because I'm working alone a lot of the time. My friends know that I'm available, and so we'll just be chatting, many, many of them, throughout the day. But now it's almost from the beginning of the day until I go to sleep, practically. And it's almost nonstop. Um, I've always done some of it, but now it's really a lot more. Yeah. Um, it's strangely tiring these days. We're supposedly off the clock or, or not 
not doing all these things, not doing these social engagements and stuff. I don't know if you feel like this too, Juice, but it, it, for me, it's, it's insanely exhausting <laughs> um, because of the way things have changed. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, Mona? You know, I have, I'm doing a few different things. I actually have a part-time job in the mornings. And so I have to, I'm doing that for about five hours a day. And then I'm uh, been doing masks, creating, you know, sewing, cutting and sewing masks. And um, so I'm doing that. Um, I'm also trying to keep my business going, like doing the paperwork for business. Um, and then I'm also involved. Uh, I started an organization. It's very loose knit, but it's called the Fashion Association of Denver. And during this time when the mask making started to come on, I got so busy with that because I was getting tagged a lot by people asking about making me, they were asking me if I could make masks. And it was originally, they were saying for hospitals and things like that, but it wasn't clear to me exactly what was going on. So I started a new Facebook group called the Fashion Association of Denver Mask Makers. And I tagged a bunch of people and encouraged people to just put their information there because it was all over the place. And so there's been a lot of things like that that have been occupying my time. And um, I've been trying to take some time out for myself, but honestly, I, I'm not, that's not my forte. <laughs> so everyone, so I'm like, okay, take a little time for yourself. But for the most part, I'm, I'm busy all day long. seems like what you're doing is, is like a, it's a perfect equation. It's you're, you're being creative and serving a bigger purpose. Uh, yeah, I think, I think more people would like to have a, have a deeper sense of purpose at this time. It's so interesting because I have not thought of it that way. And in fact, you know, cause I'm a fashion designer and a lot of times fashion is not considered something that is practical to some extent I and mean, obviously everybody needs to wear something but we don't necessarily have to wear something cute you know um and yeah so for me what i've i've always kind of uh rationalized that by letting kind of like music and, and that is that i make pretty things or i make things that are attractive or that make you feel good when you wear them because life is, you know we have to have some quality of life and so that's what I feel like I have been doing in the past is just this quality of life and trying to bring um, some happiness in everybody's lives. And now there's this other also more practical aspect that I never thought I would really be doing. And, and so I'm combining those two things, though, the quality of life and the practicality. And so I wore the, one of my masks today to just kind of give you an example of what that's like because this is an old fabric that I use for skirts. Um, and this isn't actually just from a couple years ago. So this isn't super old, but um, I had leftover fabric. And so now I have these really colorful masks, which are actually pretty practical according to what I'm reading. You know, they do have a pocket and they have a nose wire and all that kind of stuff, but they're also really colorful. So I think during this time, we have to have a little bit of both. And you know, I've been listening, just to go back to music, I've been listening to a lot of DJs online. That's so, um, that is just amazing. I love that I'm able to, like, listen to, uh, as if I'm at a club listening to music for hours, and, you know, some creative DJ is playing all this amazing stuff. So I, um, I think the two don't necessarily have to be separate, uh, but it's, it's weird sometimes because... Um, I just didn't think I would be doing such a practical thing. 
But it's interesting because during the, um, when I first got, started getting tagged on these masks and not knowing what was going on and what people were, what the expectations were for the masks, I did a lot of research on um, what authorities were saying was good or bad about a mask or whether we even needed a mask. That was the beginning of that. I mean, that's just like, what, less than a month ago that people were saying we didn't want to, we didn't need to wear masks and we were being discouraged in a lot of cases to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And um, so there was so much different, you know, different feedback from everywhere. And then once it started becoming apparent that we, they were expecting just regular people to wear masks, I did a lot of research on YouTube and other parts of the internet to find out what's the best kind of mask. And even now there's still um, questions about that. But um, I think the nose wire isn't one of the more important things because it, it holds it down. Um, yeah. But it's been interesting. I don't know how long this is going to go in terms of, you know, people wanting the, the handmade masks. I'm sure at some point, just like anything else, the big guys are going to get involved in this and um, you're probably going to be able to buy it on Amazon very easily. I'm, I haven't been onto Amazon recently to see if any of those masks are being sold there yet, but most of that stuff that you find there is made in China. And, you know, there's still a lot of issues in terms of, I believe there's still a lot of issues in terms of deliveries and shipments from China. Things are slower. But, uh, many of the products, the things that go into masks are difficult to obtain now. So that's one reason why it's great that I've had these um, leftover fabrics. And so I've had um, been able to get a lot of masks out of that. But eventually I will be out of that. And um, elastic is almost impossible to get. Buying cotton, um, I, I looked recently to see if I could get some cotton lining. That took hours to find um, some more lining, but I did find some. That's not easy. So um, I know a lot of designers are happy because they're making some money on this, um, but uh, I don't know how long that's going to last, but at least there is that option for now. It's like a creative endeavor with a different kind of pressure. Yeah, um, exactly. that, that part must suck, just like thinking like, is this going to work? Is this going to fit? Like, I mean, and when you make a jacket and you put like the, all your love into a single jacket and you're done with it and it goes up on your rack, it's kind of like, that's going to make someone feel really good. This has to stop. <laughs> this has to stop something from passing through it. There's only like one version of success with this thing. It's true. And a lot of people are still learning about what it is that they need for mask. Like what are they looking for in a mask? Mm -hmm. So for me, I try to add the things in here that in the mask that, I know can help them without them having to really think it through because I've seen a lot of masks where there's no filter, there's only one layer and, and people are saying, well, at least there's something there. And that is true. That's better than nothing at all, mm -hmm. but it is good to have a little bit more um, there. So for instance, with this mask, if you, you can put another, there's a little pocket in here and you could actually cut a piece of a Jersey t-shirt or something like that. If you don't have anything else, you know, you can add another layer. And of course, the best thing is the, the true medical masks, but those are not available for most people. And, and I think it's frowned upon, especially in Denver, for people to be walking around wearing those anyway. They're, they should be for medical personnel. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting for me now because, so for instance, one of my friends just texted me earlier today, a fashion show. Um, but it's interesting watching that show because I didn't love the clothes that much and I have to say they were beautiful. I can't say that they weren't beautiful or that they weren't beautifully made, 
and it just looked really depressing and the clothes looked really depressing to me like and they probably designed them months ago before all this came up um, but they were just like these huge like to me they look like star wars kind of um obi-wan kenobi kind of a vibe to them and there was so much fabric and i was like how many masks could you make out of that oh wow <laughs> never thought of it i would never have thought of that before but i was like you could probably get 100 masks out of one outfit not that that's you know like we can we still be should be able to you know enjoy our lives especially after this is all said and done yes fashion we can bring it all back and stuff but i really do think it's going to affect the way we see things um, the way we look at what we wear for one and a lot of people think of fashion as being a somewhat elitist in some ways especially high fashion and i think there's some truth to that and it's not that i've never been aware of it but i think i'm more aware of it right now um i i see that there's a lot of people who are making things happen continuing to make things happen right now who Traditionally, we're talking, people would say, oh, they're on the lower rung of society. But they're the ones who are keeping us fed. They're, keep, they're the ones who are delivering food to us. They're the ones who are the, in, the, you know, in the factories who are still making products or sewing or, you know, whatever it is. And so this level of society where we're talking about couture and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it's beautiful and I'm not really against it, but we all need to start seeing things and for the, you know, what's truly meaningful. Yeah, I feel that. I think, uh, I think we, I think we haven't fully gotten the lesson from COVID-19 yet. It's going to be, it's going to be wild to see how it all, how it all shakes out. Well, Mona Lucero, thank you so much for joining us. We think what you're doing is so amazing, inspiring. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Jordan. It's nice to meet you, too. My Youth on Record Interrupted is a program of Youth on Record. It was produced by Jamie Duffy and David Layden, with the assistance of July Jones and Luis Palacio. Sound engineers were David Layden and Jesus Rodriguez. Podcast operations managers were Mona Magno and Al Neff with marketing and media direction by Andrea Viario Murphy. Original music for this episode was written by Sean King and July Jones. For more information, visit youthonrecord.org. Do you have a story you want to share? We want to hear from you. Find out how to submit your own story at youthonrecord.org slash myyouthonrecord. 